state of the American League Central. I did it a little bit quicker that time. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Jack McMullen, Javier Reyes, State of the American League Central is part of the State of the Division podcast. This division is changing week by week, and we kind of love it. And I think we led with, what did we lead with last week? We led with Dylan Cease and, and his Cy Young prowess. That has not changed. Um, what we want to talk about off the top this go around is Cleveland looks like they could very well win this division. It might not be Minnesota's to lose anymore like we thought it was a month ago. We will get, of course, to the recommendations. I've got one that I think is like a little mainstream, and I'm kind of worried about that because I mm-hmm. am more of the underground indie type dude, and I know that <laughs> you are as well. Um, but first and foremost, hey, Javi, how we doing? I'm doing great, man. I mean, it's it's been a, a long – it was a long weekend for me watching the Padres struggle against the Washington Nationals. Yeah. Um, but overall, doing good. Had a lot of good food, um, which is always a plus. I am – man, Postmates is dangerous, let me tell you. Not yeah, a sponsor of the show, but um, would love them for them to be. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, watching good baseball overall. It's been – we're in, like, that really – like, the the hangover from the deadline. I think is the way to describe it. Yes. Uh, we're all like, okay, we're not over it, but we're like, uh, all right. Like I need like to just nap and then wake me up when September gets here. But of course we're content creators. So we have to talk about stuff. Yeah. Wake me up when August ends by Javier Reyes. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the dog days, right? August yeah. 22 kind of exemplifies the dog days. And mm-hmm. uh, the White Sox just had a one game little one-off with, with Kansas city before heading to Baltimore. And we remember what each hero said about August in Kansas city, um do you know no i don't actually what did he say are you serious no oh my god yeah i mean we drop f-bombs left and right on this thing but uh bob (laughs) costas wants to sit down with ichiro and this is one of ichiro's first interviews in uh for the american media and he was you know like this rookie of the year uh Mm -hmm. type season with with uh seattle and costas sits down with him and you know, he's doing some of it through an interpreter or a uh, translator, um, but he doesn't answer this question through a translator. Bob Costas asks Ichiro, what is your favorite American expression? And Ichiro takes this long pause. He looks at like all the camera crew, uh-huh. smiles and says, August in Kansas City is hotter than two rats in a fucking wool sock. <laughs> I do know this quote. Ichiro. <laughs> and Costas lost it, obviously. Everybody lost it. And he said, I have some bad teammates. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Yeah, you do. I've never heard that saying before. God bless, man. What? It's, I'm telling you, Moneyball sequel, it needs to be the 2001 Mariners. Like, it's oh, just, yeah. it's, oh, yeah. I mean, everybody, I mean, I might have, may or may not, have spoiled a recommendation I was going to give in like future episodes by this, but check out that SB nation video series on the history of the Mariners. I watched that way too many times. Uh, just wanting to chill and nerd out about the glory. That is just the disaster of the Seattle Mariners, which granted isn't the division we're talking about today, but nonetheless um, weird baseball is good. And I will yes. say that this division is still full of a lot of weirdness because I think we've picked the twins at least six of the seven times we've done this and today we got to talk about cleveland man yeah we got to lead with cleveland cleveland is 64 and 56 that is what eight games over 500 and they have a game and a half lead on minnesota in the division they've won six of the last 10 
You've got Minnesota at 62 and 57, the White Sox at 62 and 60. And then you look down and Kansas City is 16 back. Detroit is 18 and a half back. But we start with Cleveland and what they have done and what they have overcome in terms of narrative adversity this year Mm -hmm. has been utterly incredible. I mean, like, you know, you're still riding the hangover of trading Francisco Lindor ahead of the 2021 season. Right. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. thinking, oh, this team is a bunch of cheap as always. Andre Jimenez starting the all-star game for the American League. Fuck Good you. Player. Right. It's just a big Good F. Player. You. Um, player. How about Shane Bieber coming out, having a velocity mm-hmm. downtick? Yeah. And everybody's saying, oh, I just got a FaceTime and I ignored it. Uh, it was my mom. No biggie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it was Shane Bieber with the early shoulder issue, right? The velo was down. We were saying, okay, like that that might be the end of Shane Bieber's reign of dominance. Here we are looking at Shane Bieber, and he's got a 3-1 ERA through 23 starts, and he's thrown on 145 innings. Tristan McKenzie has taken that step up, a 3-1 mm-hmm. ERA and 22 starts. He's got 138 punch-outs and 141 innings. Uh, Zach Flesak has not been good, but you know who's still throwing to a 3-7-7? Cal Quantrill. I mean, it's... It's very impressive what this starting rotation is doing. I think the guy that we want to key in on that has overcome the narrative to just be really freaking good and help them out big time. Do it. James freaking Karen Chak. What? The guy. Karen He's Chak, back. 17 appearances, 19 innings, 34 punch outs. That's 16 and that's 16.1 punch outs per nine. A 1-4-2 ERA, three earned runs in 19 innings. And this is after an elongated rehab assignment because nobody knew what he had after the spider tack breakdown. And he was really struggling in AAA. Then something clicked and he turned around and he became the Robin again to Class A's Batman. So Karen Jack in 17 appearances as a 1-4-2 Class A in 54 appearances and 28 saved games has a 1-2-2 ERA. Both those guys, that is the two-headed monster in the back of the Cleveland bullpen that people were expecting in 2020. And here it is again after Karen Chak went to hell and back. They're kind of like a more fun version of last year's Brewers to me, which is a team that has two lockdown guys in the pen no, I'm not going to bring up the guy who's currently closing for the Padres and sucks at it. But yeah. you had two monster guys, like you said, with Class A and with Karen Check. And then you have Bieber, and then you have Tristan McKenzie, who have been really good. And I will say that with Plesak, Savali, and Quantrill, one of them tends to like have a good start, right? They don't seem to be these guys that absolutely blow up. I know Saval had like 10 Ks in his last start. I don't know if he's a very good pitcher. He's Quantrill. Not. I don't know if he's a very good pitcher either, but let me tell you, there are a lot of teams in baseball that would really kill for a guy like a Cal Quantrill who can maybe just eat innings and play decent ball, especially if you have at least a team behind him, right? Yes. Hey, look, I, Sean Mania, uh, the Padres, he gets a lot of strikeouts, but guess what? He's giving up home runs every single game and he gets absolutely lit up. At least Quantrill isn't having that. So not a great player for sure, but he has that. And they're just cooler. Tristan McKenzie, who to this day, uh, I really, every single time I talk about him on a show, I apologize for when I slandered him on Twitter a year ago. It was a picture from MLB. I think it was the Cut4 account on Instagram. It was him pointing at himself saying, I have ice on my veins, ice in my veins. 
And then that start, he goes like one and a third and gives up five runs. And I tweeted <laughs> that out and I still feel bad about it. Like I, I really do. Cause I like Tristan McKenzie. If that was Madison Bumgarner, I would have been, I would have stand by it, but right. Tristan McKenzie's great. And then another former Padre to keep bringing back the, the theme. If you guys can catch it here, Josh Naylor is really fun. You yeah. talked about Jimenez yeah. and Jose Ramirez is stud. It's a cooler version of Milwaukee. I really like them. And really quickly though, because I want to be clear, everybody, the Francisco Lindor trade and trades in general, it's possible that both teams win. So before any of you analytics dorks, all right, congratulations. Jimenez is having a great year. I still think it's annoying when teams just trade guys and team fan bases. What's the term for when you kind of just take the, you drink the Kool-Aid of everything that the company or whatever. Oh, oh, that's right. We do have You're drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, you're drinking the cooler or a bootlicker, dare I say. Bootlicker, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's another phrase that we like to use. So everybody calm down, all right, with all that stuff. But it is also true that they've, at least unlike some other teams out there that have traded their superstars, they have, um, you know, bounced back in a way from it and shown you that there at least was a plan or at least a sensible plan. Yeah, and, and, and to people that don't watch the Guardians, mm-hmm. my rebuttal to you is just try because I think you're really going to like what they do. They mm-hmm. swing at the fewest pitches out of the strike zone among any team in Major League Baseball. They mm-hmm. make more contact than any team in Major League Baseball. This team does not walk a lot. They never strike out. They don't hit very many home runs. All they do is get on base, play hard as hell, play good defense, and have guys that live at the bottom of the zone that pitch to contact and get a lot of ground balls. Mm-hmm. They are the purest form of baseball that we have left. Yep. And they're surviving. And Cleveland winning the division would be phenomenal for that. Um, my favorite player to watch in Major League Baseball right now is Stephen Kwan. He is. Oh, he's great. He's, he's great. Like, see, they're cool. They're so cool. They're a cooler version than the Brewers. They are a cooler version than the Brewers. Stephen Kwan has punched out 42 times. He's walked 43 times in 107 games. He's awesome, man. It's freaking I just, I cool, love it. man. I love it. Who's, who says that the AL Central doesn't have fun talents? We've got him. We've got Arias. Just all the, the boomers are having a blast talking about these guys this year. Man. Oh Let me tell you, God. AL Central is so back. We love it. <laughs> AL Central is so freaking back. Um, <laughs> honestly, like if you gave me an $100 bill to put down on a team to win the American League Central right now, and you gave me even odds for all three teams at the moment, mm-hmm. like if they all started tied at the top right now, final six weeks of the regular season, Three-way tie for first. Who's winning the division? Here's an $100 bill. Put it on somebody. It's Cleveland right Mm -hmm. now because I think they have the pitching depth both in the rotation and in the bullpen to survive the final six weeks. And I think that they have the offensive depth to string three base hits together at any given moment. Mm -hmm. And that is why I think they're in a better position than Minnesota right now, who is still sputtering a little bit. It feels like they are starting to lose the mojo and what was a quick dip has turned into a legitimate valley and i have no idea if the peak is going to come on time it's a fair point it's a fair point hopefully they don't play the yankees anytime soon because lord knows that's their kryptonite yes but i will say unlike the guardians and the guardians do have that infrastructure that we like about them where you just feel like they're going to find a way to get some guys together I, i get that but I still think Cleveland does deserve a lot of flack for not doing anything at the deadline. Um, This is a league where Joey Gallo, uh, maybe he helps them out or a player of that caliber, just buy low on a guy, pull in Atlanta from last year, go out and get Robbie Groats. Just do a little bit 
of something or like we talked about go get the um what the heck is his name sean murphy go get yeah, sean yeah. murphy right mm-hmm. oakland is already selling guys for you know uh two tenths of the their worth so why don't you just go get sean murphy and then you're secure at catcher so i do think they still different blame there they got rid of my brother and he's been doing pretty good for the other chicago team that is not the white Sox. he's yeah. been doing pretty good there so they do deserve some flack there but i will say the twins I, I don't want to do the debate on the Guardians because I still like this Twins team. They've got one of the best shortstops in baseball in Carlos Correa. Puerto Rican power, obviously, got to talk about him. Um, but he hasn't had the mojo. And I think that that's the key thing with this team is they haven't really had the oomph. I know they've had injuries, and I know that Byron Buxton is overrated. I get that. But I just snuck that in there. No, nobody said anything. Um, <laughs> just, just had to sneak in my Buxton stuff. He's a good player. He's a good player. I just think the, this is only, there's only two players in baseball that could have a 10 war and it's Bucks and Otani. I thought that level of praise for him was absolutely out of control. Uh, Have an on-base percentage above 320. And then we, uh, okay. Above 320. I was going to say, I thought you were going to say above 300 and I was going to say, Hey Bucko, check yourself. 303. Hey man, Um, I come prepared, Jack. Come on now. Listen, he's hitting 222. Uh, He's only got five bags. That's the thing. Yeah. And like, I understand that he's made of glass, so he doesn't want to run the bases right now. Like, okay, fair. Um, he's a very, very, very good defender. One of the best defenders on the planet. Uh, and 28 homers is 28 homers, but only five bags from a guy with that much speed is kind of ridiculous. Now I ask you, because you are so in on your Puerto Rican brethren, mm-hmm. have you bought all the way in on Jose Miranda or what? <sighs> Not for this season. Wow. He's one of the best rookie sluggers in baseball. I know, but I need a little bit longer. Um, I think he's good, but it's just, I don't know. I, mean, I don't want to like completely talk out of my ass. I enjoy doing that oftentimes, but with Miranda, I just need a little bit more time with him. I don't know. Maybe you this need to is watch, just You need a greater sample size of watching Jose Miranda. I understand. Yeah. And maybe this is just because of the, you know, the, the Wanda Franco from last year. I understand that's injury related, but, and for me, and maybe this is just shows my lack of knowing prospects but it's not like this was Adley Rutschman who you guys talked about for 40 years uh before I even got to just baseball probably for Miranda he was an interesting guy that people talked about but I don't know if he was necessarily in this S tier of prospects maybe he was I don't know for sure so maybe that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to be like I'm all in but that being said of course I'm cheering him on I got to I mean Jack haven't you noticed that the best people at every like career path and position are Puerto Rican. Have you noticed this? Yeah. So the best, the, the best M2 second year of med school, the best M2 mm-hmm. at the medical college of Wisconsin mm-hmm. is my girlfriend, Isabel Reedy. Mm-hmm. And she is half Puerto Rican. And that Bell. it sets the gold standard there. It does. It does. The Mets, yeah. one of the best teams in baseball, they got Lindor who all you cowards talking to you. And arm and all of them were just oh he's done he's like, yeah he's I, I ooh is he the best shortstop in baseball right now yeah. there's a case there's a case and then you have Edwin Diaz you could go to acting you got people like Jennifer Lopez I personally favor Aubrey Plaza all right we oh, can go great. in that direction Parks and Rec yeah phenomenal absolutely Benicio del Toro handsome mm-hmm. man love mm-hmm. him go watch Sicario if you want to be absolutely on the edge of your seat for two hours yeah um, and can I mention that? in sports writing. Javier Reyes is absolutely a top 25 writer at just baseball.com. Oh man, there it is. There it is. Absolutely there it is. top 25. There it is. There it is. I love it. I appreciate it, man. 
We also got the fictional characters. We got Miles Morales. You ever heard of him? We're no. killing it out here. D- dare I say we've got one on the Supreme Court? I mean, oh, holy shit. Yeah. Sotomayor, come on, man. Come represent. on, man. And there's another another politician who I won't name because then the the weird incels start coming out at you if you mention her. But nonetheless, uh, it's just a point that needs to be brought up. Anyway, yes. back to the twins, man. <laughs> back to the twins. I think we kind of wrapped up the twins. Um, White Sox, I really hope Kopech's not hurt. Um, yeah. Kopech was lifted on Monday afternoon. Michael Kopech was throwing his warm-up tosses. Apparently, it wasn't 100%. Kopech said he was fine. So, Tony said, okay, yeah, like, let's just roll with it. Uh, four runs against him on a hit, two walks, a hit batsman. Um, Kopech was lifted, and the Royals striked for four runs without him recording an out. So, in my fantasy baseball matchup, where I started Michael Kopech, we're very early on in the week. So, when I looked... My ERA was INF against 000 because my opponent had yet to have an inning accrued by a pitcher. Um, so I hope Kopech's okay. It's lower body, it's not his arm. He's had a lot of arm issues. Um, I'm just hoping that the the career, the injury marred career of Michael Kopech does not take another blip right now. Um, that would be a brutal loss for the White Sox. What I do love that they did. They called up a catcher, Carlos Perez. And Carlos Perez will be making his major league debut uh, whenever he enters a game for the first time. And I would like to tell you about Carlos Perez. I have to find the right Carlos Perez because I'm sure you can infer there are about 40 Carlos Perez's in minor league baseball history Mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. Carlos Perez this year with Charlotte. Struck out 32 times in 389 plate appearances. A catcher that strikes out about 5% of the time, 17 home runs, 63 driven in, in 91 games. 5%? My my headphones aren't glitching out? He does not strike out, Carlos Perez. Wow. He doesn't strike out. Is he just the Stephen Kwan of catchers? Is yes. that what you're saying? With with 17 pumps in Charlotte. And granted, huh. Charlotte is a band box, so that probably translates to like 10 at guaranteed right mm-hmm. field. But I'll take a 10 homer catcher that doesn't strike out ever. Yeah, and also keep in mind it's a catcher. But you can get anything out of them offensively. It's rad. And he's uh, a I good mean, defensive catcher. And that's that's I just man, I, I wanna be happy for you, but I know that this is you just trying your best. I'm justifying yeah. any silver lining. Yes. It feels like the AL Central, the Cleveland Guardians are kind of the, the this year's hipster team, right? Because the Mariners, I think, have become a little bit more mainstream. Um, usually it's always the Mariners, as far as I'm concerned. The Twins, they're like the, <laughs> I don't even know what to call the Twins. And then the White Sox are just the team that's having the year from hell uh, with Grandal going down. And that's why this yes. Perez thing is being brought up. I mean, the yes. Grandal thing is is really sad because he's a really good player and him getting hurt almost immediately. It wasn't even like a slow decline. This wasn't no. even like a, oh, he just got hurt. in the. It was like from day one, it feels like this guy was just completely out. You know and, what he's got to do? He's got to take mm, more performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah, 100%, man. He's got to get 100%. pops again. <laughs> exactly. If we've learned anything from today's episode is that, you know, the, the performance enhancing drugs, they, they help you out. It They're just good for you. <laughs> Steroids are good for you. Uh, I read Jose Canseco's autobiography. He spent the first 20 <laughs> pages convincing me that the right cocktail of steroid can help you live your best life. 
And I was like, okay, wow. here we go. I'm strapped in. Seatbelt oh, fastened. Let's go. So, that's good stuff. I yeah, appreciate it. Highly that, recommend man. Juiced by Jose Canseco <laughs> if you have not read it yet. Um, but he, utterly and utterly insane. Uh, the White Sox are kind of like Drake. Mm. So obviously, oh, like over the hill, right? Mm. Like th- there's yeah. no shot Drake puts something out again that is mm. that is compared to anything of years prior. But Drake disciples when he puts out new music. Oh shit! Drake snapped mm. on this one. Mm. This is his best work ever. No, it's not. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I actually would give a comp of no. I was gonna say Donald Glover, but I can't just because of Atlanta. But musically, that that's where he is too. Um, but just because of Atlanta, you can't put him in that too. That's a good one, man. It's yeah. a good one. Let me tell you that um Scorpion made me so angry. And then what was it? The mom one? No. What's the what's the one with the the pregnant? album cover or whatever that certified so lover boy bad which i didn't listen to the or I, I listened to once the goddamn cover art pissed me off more than like any pop culture related thing i can remember in like the last three years it drove me insane it was so dumb certified lover boy was one of the worst albums that i've ever experienced <laughs> it was horrendous Fair. There it is. The, there it the Kansas is. City Royals. Drew Waters is up for his major league debut. Waters, <laughs> who was once a coveted prospect, <laughs> subject change, aced it. Thirty-one games in Omaha. Arn Layton and I just talked about it on the call. Of Arn Layton, your best friend, um, mm-hmm. and I know that he references you as his best friend. Um, he thirty-one games in Omaha, hit right around three hundred. OBP right around four hundred. Slugging right around five hundred. He was a perfect 13 for 13 in bags in 31 games. Waters had some pop in Omaha. He was the best player for the Royals AAA affiliate before getting called up for the last month and a half after that trade. And um, I, I think there's a chance that Waters survives in an organization on a major league team whose expectations are just in the gutter for the rest of this year. I mean, the, the, the Royals and Tigers alike, are playing stress-free baseball for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. And there's something super freeing about that. Mm -hmm. I disagree slightly. I think that the Tigers are not stress-free because I think the Tigers were actually supposed to do something this year. And the Royals at least have the fun prospects. And as we described them last week, are very adorable and cute. While Detroit, you're like, so we rebuilt for how long? And we have a cool Riley Green home run off of Otani to show for it. Yeah, it's is, like, that, is that the only good hell. thing that's happened for them this year? Like, actually, serious question. Is that the only good thing for Tigers fans that's happened this year? Maybe the one game winner that Javi Baez, more Puerto Rican power, uh, hit at the beginning of the season. Otherwise, like, the Riley Green home run from two days ago is, like, the only good thing for the I'd say Matt Manning's <laughs> recent starts. Like, that is the third good thing, but those fly <laughs> oh super God. under the radar. It's horrible. I mean, what a horrible, horrible year for Tigers fans. Um, but the I don't know what I this do. podcast is we actually don't have enough time to get deep into the weeds on the Tigers and the Royals. So we don't have to, which is awesome. Mm, that is the beauty of it. That, that is, is the kind of the beauty. Of it. Um, all right. Do you want my rec first or you want your rec first? Um, you go first. It's always fun when you go first. The Manti Teo documentary. Oh, Yes. Did you watch you know, it? Clay, Clay Snowden recommended this to me. Dude, dude. So you haven't watched it yet? Nope. Okay. So the Manti Teo doc, I, 
I recently deactivated my Facebook recently, meaning like last mm. six months or something. Cause like mm -hmm. Facebook, I just wasn't using it anymore. I was like, mm -hmm. just not have it on there. And like, it's not like I had any incriminating shit on my Facebook. Um, but one of my previous profile pictures was me and Manti Teo on Notre Dame's camp. Really? Yeah. And the caption was me, Manti and Lene's on my right. And there was nothing on my right. Those were the jokes that everybody made, right? Before T-bowing, it was tailing. It was Manti tailing, where you would like, you know, just oh, put your shit. arm around nothing. Yeah. Manti tail is the butt of every joke. But what you realize from this documentary was something that has become so unbelievably present in 2022, yeah. and that's catfishing. He mm -hmm. was the first notable case of catfishing. You know, much less severe degree of Magic Johnson and the AIDS issue. He was the first prominent straight figure to have AIDS. Mm -hmm. So everybody looked at him like he was this pariah and he was this monster. But mm -hmm. then it became more and more apparent immediately after that. On a much lesser degree, Manti Teo was the first prominent figure that ever got catfished. And then it started happening left and right and left and right. Yeah. So you know, we, we made all these jokes about Manti Teo and we were like, Oh, like he's, he's probably gay. He's just trying to cover it up. Or like, why would he like lie about this shit? Mm -hmm. He was just catfished. Like yeah. if you didn't know what catfishing was, like you could get catfished as well. It was nuts when it happened too. I still like, it's, it's a very hard thing to explain to people now, if they weren't sports conscious during this time, that that was literally just the number one kind of story for a while. I remember when my team, the Chargers, drafted him, I believe in the second round. That was wild. I was rooting for him. He was okay. He wasn't the, the best NFL player, but it was very like, like, like you said, just just a giant, like freaking wow. Like it, I couldn't believe that one, that that was just such a focal point in our culture uh, at one point. And two, that someone had been catfished like that. I knew like on the internet that people would be, you know, dumb and send you dumb messages, right? Yeah. I didn't realize it got to such an extent where people can really full-on impersonate other people i mean we had the show catfish right and now it's just become so much part of the regular lexicon right everybody knows what catfishing means it's a it's not a joke it's just like yeah like this is a thing we live with and like you said manti tail almost like the case zero uh, of the whole thing yeah so i i'm telling you that it's a two-part doc first one's about an hour second one's about an hour ten um and it, it is amazing and it, my favorite follow on twitter personally is timothy burke who was the guy that broke that news on deadspin he was previously mm. with deadspin he now does his own thing burke communications but timothy burke the reason he's my favorite is because broadcasting narc um any big moment that happens in sports he puts out like the home radio feed like the good the good sides radio feed and the opposing sides radio feed. So like mm -hmm. a crazy last second, you know, Hail Mary in college football, he'll put out the ragtag Sam Houston state broadcast where they're just screaming. It's in the end zone. It's in the end zone. Like that type of thing. And then you've yeah. got the other side where it's like, and they just lost the game. And yeah. then they just shut up and you just hear everything go crazy. So that that's good. I like that's that. Why I love, yeah. That's why I love Timothy Burke's uh, Twitter, but he was the guy that went on the deep hunt. And he and an unpaid intern at Deadspin broke the news about Manti Teo's girlfriend being a hoax. And it was it was incredible. And that was Deadspin's high point. So, yeah, Manti Teo doc is my rec for this week. What you got? Yeah, Deadspin's high point. That's putting it uh, gently. Uh, yeah. Um, for everybody who might not know, Jack is a pretentious, very elitist 
connoisseur of the arts. Say it. A piece of shit. <laughs> piece of pretentious. Uh, I can't think of an O word, you know, but whatever. I want to talk Ostentatious. about Ostentatious. Thank you. I want to talk about books. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. I know you're a fan of the, of the theater, all right? Yes. But we got to talk about the, the literal, like, when you think liberal arts, this is what they want you to think of. This is what you go to college for, right? Yeah. You want to be the Bronte. next great writer. They want you thinking about Charlotte Bronte. Exactly. Yeah. It's a book called Writers and Lovers by Lily King, which I read actually a while ago, um, but it was on my mind again because I just randomly uh, saw Knives Out on TV the other day and Tony Collette was in it, uh, in that wonderful picture. And Tony Collette is going to be in the movie Actually, she's producing. I don't know if she's starring in it for this uh, based on this novel, Writers and Lovers by Lily King. And I just started thinking about that. And I started thinking about the book. And I'm like, I got my recommendation. It's a book about, I think, the time in your life when you're just sort of forced to wait and run, go through the routines. You're working a whatever job that you don't particularly like. It's not awful. You still have a living. You're not necessarily always bored. You're just at this point where you feel very unfulfilled. You just feel like you're in stasis and the lover's part, obviously coming from romantic relationships between this young woman who graduated and it's like five years and she hasn't done anything. She hasn't written the great next novel that she thought she was going to write. It's a book for people who are just stuck um, both creatively and mentally and romantically and are just in a weird spot. It's not awful. Let me be clear. You're not in, in a genuinely awful circumstance that many people unfortunately are, especially, you know, in certain areas of this country and across the world but it's just kind of like the when, you, when you're stuck in stasis uh it reminds me of the movie adventureland uh which yeah. i think didn't get enough credit when it came out because it was viewed as oh this is the amusement park version of super bad when it really wasn't instead that one was about the summer when in your life when you just kind of did nothing and you hung out because yeah. you didn't really have anything to do right um now you got everything to do now yeah. you have everything to do so everybody enjoy those times uh it's a little bit hard to but just kind of acknowledge that I promise you, you'll get more busy. And that's kind of what the book attests to. It's like a warm blanket. It's not a sad story. It's a little bit bittersweet, but uh, it has a lot of really nice moments, especially towards the end that I think will cheer you up and remind you that you just got to keep pushing man. Blindsided by her mother's sudden death and wrecked by a recent love affair, Casey Peabody has arrived in Massachusetts in the summer of 1997 without a plan. Her mail consists of wedding invitations and final notices from debt collectors. A former child golf prodigy, she now waits tables in Harvard Square and rents a tidy, moldy room at the side of a garage where she works on the novel she's been writing for six years. At 31, Casey is still clutching onto something nearly all her old friends have let go of, the determination to live a creative life. When she falls in love with two very different men at the same time, her world fractures even more. Casey's fight to fulfill her creative ambitions and balance the conflicting demands of art and life is challenged in ways that push her to the brink. I'm in. You even read book synopsis perfectly, you know, like everything, everything is just done so well. Unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. But yeah, I mean, called synopsis. It's good. It's really good. And it'll make you feel very warm. I think by the end. Love it. Okay. Sorry to uh, get away from the American league central for a little bit, but this (laughs) is our fun. This is our fun for the week. Um, All right. We will be back with the AL and NL West tomorrow. Thank you all so very much.